Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test What's up, City Point? Welcome in, welcome in. It is time for the word. I am glad that you guys have joined us today um, for this virtual service. I'm so thankful for everything that has gone forward in the service so far, and I'm excited about being able to jump into this word today. Today, we're going to talk about something that we don't uh, spend a whole lot of time talking about, but these these uh, demonic forces that can have impact and even lay strongholds over our minds, right? Um, don't tend to give like demonic forces and satanic powers much airplay at City Point, but it's definitely a thing, right? And so we need to not skip over that. And so today I want to talk about how we can claim that kind of victory that we need within our minds, right? Uh, there are some things that we certainly know that we need to do to take care of our physical bodies, to take care of our mental health, but there is also this spiritual aspect of ourselves that we need to be mindful of and a war that is being waged against our bodies as well as our minds by the enemy. And so I wanna look at Ephesians chapter six today, uh, beginning at verse 10, and we're gonna read through verse 18. Here we go. Finally. Let the mighty strength of the Lord make you strong. Put on all the armor that God gives so you can defend yourself against the devil's attacks. We are not fighting against humans. We are fighting against forces and authorities and against rulers of darkness and powers in the spiritual world. So put on all the armor that God gives that when the, that, that when that evil day comes, you will be able to defend yourself. And when the battle is over, you will still be standing firm. Be ready. Let the truth be like a belt around your waist and let God's justice protect you like armor. Your desire to tell the good news about peace should be like shoes on your feet. Let your faith be like a shield and you will be able to stop all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Let God's saving power be like a helmet and for a sword, use God's message that comes from the spirit. Never stop praying, especially for others. Always pray by the power of the spirit. Stay alert. Keep praying for God's people. For a few moments, I want to talk from the subject, victory in your mind, victory in your mind. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for giving us a chance to delve into this spiritual truth uh, that can help make us stronger and better fit um, for the, the way, the war that is being waged against us. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will speak through me to these, your people, in a way that will be powerful, that will be impactful, that will be palatable. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I wonder if anybody can tell me what this sound is from. Mario Brothers, right? Super Mario Brothers is where that comes from. 
Uh, Y'all remember Super Mario Brothers, right? And if you remember Super Mario Brothers, you got to remember Nintendo. Remember, Nintendo had this slogan, and that slogan was, Now you're playing with power. I am convinced, ladies and gentlemen, one of the ways that Satan gets the victory in some of our lives day to day is through Christians trying to fight a battle with no power. Some of what we have been dealing with in our minds are not just clinical issues. While some are, some of the things that we have been battling with in our minds are actually spiritual battles. Let me state that not only are we dealing in our minds with issues that are related to genetics and impact from trauma that we have experienced and a host of other mental health challenges, but I would be remiss if I did not tell you also that Satan and his demonic forces, those fallen angels, they also wage wars, spiritual wars against our minds because he knows that if he can disrupt your mind, he can disrupt your life. He knows that if he can control your mind, he can control your life. He knows that if he can control your thinking, he can control your being. It could be that in the midst of all that you have been experiencing in 2023, Satan is seizing or plotting to seize the opportunity to attack your mind. And if indeed the enemy attacks your mind, I want you to hear me well on this. You cannot fight the spiritual battle with anything other than spiritual weapons. You see, if you try to use natural means to fight a spiritual battle, it will be like bringing bed sheets to a pillow fight, bringing helium balloons to a water balloon fight. Yes, bringing a knife to a gunfight. When the enemy wages spiritual warfare against you, you have to fight with spiritual weapons. Uh, Paul makes this point to the church at Ephesus or the Ephesian church. Uh, he has spent the first three chapters celebrating with them about the spiritual benefits and spiritual inheritance and the power that they have thanks to the finished work of Jesus Christ. He then pivots in chapters four and five to challenge them that they ought to be living like they've been saved. When he gets down to chapter 6, verse 10, Paul starts effectively saying that Christian life is hard. And the reason that the Christian life is hard is because of the opposition that's on the field. Uh, effectively, he says, you are not navigating your way through your life as a Christian unopposed. No, there are some demonic forces and powers that are scheming against you daily to take you out. In verse 12, he says, we are not fighting against humans. We are fighting against forces and authorities and against rulers of darkness and powers in the spiritual world. In short, he says, there is some next level stuff that is going on in another dimension that we are fighting daily up against. And so the question comes, how do I fight against an enemy that I cannot see? How do I go toe-to-toe -to -toe with an enemy that is not attacking my body, but that is attacking my mind? I'm glad that you asked that question because I see three things from looking at the text that we need to do in order to fight back against Satan when he wages war against our minds. 
Uh, the first thing that I see in the text is that we need to scope the schemes. Uh, now, to talk a little bit about football, because we are a few months away from football season, training camps has, have started. And, and, and if you know anything about football, what makes a good quarterback or a good linebacker is when they are able to read defenses or offenses. Uh, because often what the defense or offense is doing is not plainly represented, neither is it straightforward. So, so it'll look like they're about to run a certain kind of play, but in actuality, they are disguising the play to make it look like they're going to do one thing, but in actuality, they're going to run something else. Uh, they disguise it as a run play, but in actuality, they plan to throw the ball deep. They, they, uh, this, the defense will disguise it as soft coverage, but in reality, they actually plan to blitz the quarterback. And so if you're going to be a successful quarterback or a, or a successful linebacker, you've got to learn how to scope out the schemes that the opposition is running. Yeah, schemes. That, that is what Paul in verse 11 calls what Satan does. Schemes. Like Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. Schemes. Uh, the enemy is always plotting and planning something against us. Schemes. Uh, the Bible metaphorically refers to Satan as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, devour. And so it would benefit you to open up your eyes, your spiritual eyes, actually, to start scoping out the schemes that he's plotting against you. What schemes is he running to attack your mind? Well, for me, if I were to be vulnerable for a moment, I would share with you that he runs his scheme sometimes of racial animosity to attack my mind. Uh, trying to get me all worked up on some racist stuff that somebody did, even if it's on the other side of the country. And now all of a sudden, regardless of what else I was working on, what else I was focused on, what else needed my attention, now all of a sudden I am filled with bitterness, filled with hatred, filled with annoyance. Uh, annoyance, unable to focus, and all of a sudden distracted, and it is days later, and it is still consuming my mind. Yes, he runs his schemes of comparison to attack my mind. Uh, what some other preacher with some other assignment has accomplished, and, and now I am questioning my own work and my own progress and my own career. Uh, he runs his schemes of the what-ifs to attack my mind. When things are going well in my life, getting me to thinking for a moment, what if all of a sudden this happened or that happened? And, and before I know it, I have imagined everything in my life falling apart. And rather than celebrating God for the present, rather than forging forward to a hopeful future, I am panicked about the possibility of everything coming crumbling down. But those are the schemes that he runs against me, against my mind. But I raised the question this morning, what schemes is he running to attack your mind? Perhaps it is the scheme of self-doubt. Perhaps it is the scheme of insecurity. Perhaps it is the scheme of fear. What schemes are, is the enemy running to attack your mind? Uh, not only... My siblings, must we scope the scheme? But Paul says, secondly, we need to we need to stay strapped. It says in verse 11, put on the armor that God gives 
So you can defend yourself against the devil's tricks. Uh, that there is this saying in the streets when a person is out there with no gun and they should have a gun on them, that there is this saying, I'm out here naked or that person is out there naked. Uh, I think that that saying perfectly and beautifully captures the metaphor that is in the text. Because when we are functioning without that spiritual weaponry that God has provided us, we are effectively out in the world, or shall I say, in these streets, naked. So what is the weaponry and the protection that God has given us so that we don't have to be naked in the streets as we war against Satan? Let's look at the text. Verse 13 says, So put on the armor that God gives. Then when that evil day comes, you will be able to defend yourself. And when the battle is over, you will still be standing firm. Look at that again. It says, so put on all the armor that God gives. Jump down to verse 14. It says, be ready. Let the truth be like a belt around your waist and let God's justice protect you like armor. Your desire to tell the good news about peace should be like shoes on your feet. Let your faith be like a shield and you will be able to stop all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Let God's saving power be like a helmet and for a sword, use God's message that comes from the spirit. Never stop praying, especially for others. Always pray by the power of the spirit. Let me tell y'all something that I think. I think that the text is more about appropriation of what we already have than about receiving something new. Because you see, we already have truth. We, we, we have the truth of God's word, the truth in terms of having personal integrity and truth in contrast to the fiction that Satan can present to our minds. We already have truth. We already have righteousness. God has already declared us righteous despite ourselves. And it is because of our faith and that saving faith that comes through Jesus Christ. We already have righteousness. We already have the gospel, which is the good news concerning Christ. We already have faith, even though we are strengthening it day by day. We already have salvation. We already have the word of God. We already have the things that Paul describes in the text. It is not about uh, um, going to get and find something new in order to cover us. No, to fight the spiritual battle. We don't need anything new. What we need to do in actuality is we just need to appropriate the stuff that God has already given us. So, so I, I, I like watching series, right? I, I love getting lost in a series. Um, I, I like, uh, I just finished um, the Queen Charlotte uh, series on Netflix. I, I, I enjoy that series. I, I just finished Succession on, on HBO Max. I, that was a really dope series. What, what I appreciate about watching series is that sometimes I might spend a little bit of time away and then come back when I have time to re-engage in that series. And so when I come back and I go to the next episode that's in my queue, what I love about the way series are structured is that they will give you a recap of what's happened so far. Yeah, they don't just jump you into the next episode, but before that next episode starts, they give me a recap of what I've seen so far. 
Because even though I have engaged in that series, sometimes I need to be refreshed on some important details about the series. May I suggest to y'all that, that we already have everything that we need to fight back against Satan's attacks on our minds. But sometimes we need to be refreshed on what we already have so that we can use it. And the word of God does that for me. When I open up that book, I get reminded of the truth of who I am in God. It is a, a refresh of the series. I, I, I get reminded how valuable I am to God. I, I get reminded of the promises of God that never will God leave me nor forsake me. I get reminded that God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. I get reminded of Philippians 4 and 6 that I don't have to worry about anything, but that I can pray about everything. And somehow, some way, God gives me some peace that surpasses all understanding. I get reminded that if God be for me, who can be against me? I get reminded that I am more than a conqueror. I just want to encourage you that if you're going to stay strapped, you've got to keep your face in the word so that you can stay refreshed on the weaponry that you already have. Yes, the word says that he will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. And so the enemy has been attacking your mind. What you going to do about it? May I suggest that you can clap back by filling your mind with the word of God. That they just may look like words on a page to you. But let me say that the word of God even tells us that the word is not just words on a page, but it is alive, it is active, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Paul also says in verse 18, that we fight with prayer. So we fight with the word. We fight with prayer. And whatever we do, we leverage those things to stay strapped, strapped because the enemy is playing for keeps. Yes, stay strapped. Because the enemy plays for keeps. Uh, st stay strapped because the enemy does not come to play. The enemy comes to what? Steal and kill and destroy. Stay strapped like Malcolm X in that picture in the window with the AK peeking out the window. City Point, stay strapped. Let me suggest to you thoroughly and finally that what we need to do to fight back against Satan, when he wages war against our minds, is stand strong. Stand seems to be the theme of the entire text. In verse 11, Paul says, stand against the schemes of the devil. In verse 13, he says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Verse 13 again, he says, and having done all to stand firm. Verse 14, he says, stand therefore. The, the theme in the text is that we are to stand. We're not running from the enemy. We're standing. And so I just want to close preaching with you instead of to you. I don't really need to tell you what it means to stand because you already know how to do that. Because uh, for three years during a pandemic, you were standing. March 2020, when things shut down, you didn't know whether or not 
none of us knew whether we would keep our homes and our cars and our jobs, but somehow still standing. A prediction of a recession started at some point in 2020. The chatter started and then the layoffs started. And, and somehow or another, for many of you, for many of us, we looked around and we are still standing. And even for some that have lost their jobs, the very thought of it was daunting. The very thought of it was scary. But somehow or another, you look around and you are still uh, standing. For some of you, you have lost significant things, but you are still standing. For some of us, we are grieving significant things, but we are still standing. Y'all remind me of the inflatable clown that I had in my, in my house as a kid. It was a little inflatable bozo clown, and, and, and you could knock it, you could hit it, and it would not stay down. You could punch it, you could punch it, and it would not stay down. It would still be standing. You could jump on top of it, wrestle it to the ground, and as soon as you get up, it would not stay on the ground where you had placed it. It would get back up, and it would still be standing. I wonder what was it that caused that inflatable clown to keep standing. Yes, you know what I realized? Is that the thing that caused that inflatable clown to keep standing no matter what I threw at it as a kid? was that there was something on the inside. Yeah, yes, it, it, it would wobble, but it would not stay down. May I suggest to you, my siblings, as I get ready to close this sermon, is that when I see you, that is what I see. It is because of something on the inside, some deposit that God has placed within you that has allowed you to continue to stand and to continue to forge forward despite the blows of life, the attacks of the enemy, despite all the things that have come at you. After all I've been through, they used to say, somehow or another, I still have joy. It is because of that something on the inside. I close simply with this. I, I have an, an Apple uh, watch. I have an iPhone, I have a MacBook, I, I have an iPad that I am preaching, uh, my preaching notes are kept on. I've got all these Apple uh, products. And you know what my house is filled with? Chargers. Yeah, I ran out of places to plug in chargers next to my bed to be able to to plug up all the things that need to be powered at night. And so I had to jump on Amazon and and buy uh, an extension so that I could have more USBs uh, ports to plug these various cords and cables into so that I could uh, recharge all of my things. The reason that I did that I had to order that uh, is because these are phenomenal pieces of technology. The Apple Watch, the iPhone, the iPad, the MacBook, all of that stuff is incredible technology. But it's nothing if it has no power. May I suggest to you, my siblings, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, all of you. You are created by God, by the God that created the universe, the heavens and the earth, the God that flung all the stars in the sky and caused them all by name. You are made by the God that called the end from the beginning. You are a part of God's creation. Let me suggest to you that as you move through this life 
as you move through and and experience the attacks and the blows that come from the enemy. You may be wonderfully made by our God, but you are nothing to withstand the attacks of the enemy if you do not have power. And that's what Paul is trying to uh, uh, suggest where he is trying to press upon these Ephesians. Is this bad out here in these streets? Paul is like, y'all do not need to be caught out here naked. Put on the whole armor of God. All of it. All of it. Paul says you need to do that. You need that armor. You need that power in order to withstand the, the schemes of the enemy. Let's commit to doing that. I know in our um, heavy intellect um, that many of us carry, I know we're a pretty intellectual church, um, that we can uh, stay away sometimes from the, um, uh, the more uh, mystical, not mythical, but mystical aspects of the faith. We need not, though. There are things that are true and things that are real that we cannot rationalize with our minds. That mean they're not true. And so we need to take up the whole armor of God to protect us against, against those spiritual battles. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for pressing upon us the need to take up the whole armor so that we can withstand the schemes of the enemy. I pray for all of those that are under the sound of my voice now that may not even know that they have been or are under the attack of the enemy. I pray in the name of Jesus, you're covering over us. I pray for that hedge like you gave Job. I pray that you will protect us from those schemes that the enemy brings up against us. But I also pray that we will mix divine help with human effort as Paul describes here that we will pick up the things we need to pick up that you've already given us faith remembrance of the righteousness that we are because you have declared us as righteous the sword of the spirit which is the word of God that we will fight back clap back against the enemy when the enemy attacks our minds with lies with thoughts that needs to be brought under subjection to you and to the truth of your word. Help us to do that. Help us to wage that fight daily. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>